looking for the coolest items we can find for four dollars. Let's go to the I'm with tag. Austin right now. Oh wait, five forty nine. Twenty three. Okay, one seventy nine back for you. We may be young, but we've got a lot to say. We have ideas, opinions, hopes, dreams. We see our world. Everything that's good about it. And we see what needs to change. Change, 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 change. So we're stepping up. Learning to lead. Speaking up. Speaking out. And making our voices heard. Because we are the leaders of tomorrow. And we want you to hear us. Today. Welcome to the Finding Our Voice podcast. Episode 3, Money Management. Welcome back to Finding Our Voice podcast. I'm Shiloh, and I'm here with Jackson and Austin. We are your hosts for this episode. I am 16 years old. I love singing, acting, journaling, and reading. I've been in One Voice Children's Choir for three years, and one day I hope to perform on Broadway. This is Austin. You may remember me from the first episode, but I'm 17 years old, and I like talking about money. (laughs) Um, When I grow up, I want to be an entrepreneur. And this is Jackson. I'm 14 years old and I love making people laugh. When I grow up, I want to be an actor. Today's topic is one that the entire crew wanted to learn more about. Even though most of us don't pay rent or have jobs quite yet, knowing how to manage the the responsibility of money is something that is crucial to life. And life moves fast. Before you know it, I'll have a mortgage and six kids, a house, a dog, a Honda Civic. Okay, you get the point. Maybe not that fast, but still, seriously, Most kids aren't given great tools to know how to be smart about money management. Yeah, and kids who don't know grow into adults that don't know either. So we were all really excited to talk to some experts and have some hands-on experiences that would teach us more about the world of personal finance. I just turned 17, so for me, adulthood is right around the corner. Last summer, I got a job and worked pretty hard. When school started, I looked at my bank account and I realized I'd basically spent everything I had made. I didn't know where the money had gone. I'd been spending harder money on things that didn't even matter. One of the first things we did to research for this episode was a hands-on experience at a local thrift store. We were each given $5 and told to find the most valuable item we could while still being able to bring back one. After the experience, we all sat down to talk about it. We realized that we all value things differently. What type of emotions do you guys have towards money? I honestly love money. You know, I really like getting money. I think everybody has a bit of a emotional connection to money or else like money prize on like big, big money prizes on like big TV shows wouldn't exist. When you get money, what are some of the things that you do with it? Like the first things you do? I have very specific things that I have to pay for. Like my choir tuition, I pay for by myself. If I ever have extra after that, I usually pay for a voice lesson. And then if I have any left, then I usually buy myself clothes and don't save it. So that's a problem. Most of the time I'll get money and then I'll like immediately log on to my computer and browse Amazon for like 20 minutes. Sometimes my parents help me with money problems and stuff and they say, okay, half of this is going to go to your college and half of this is going to go to other stuff. And I'm like, okay. Shiloh, what makes you want to pay for the choir? Well, the choir is really important to me. I think it helps me value 
my experience more because I do work hard to be able to afford it. Growing up, my parents have always made me pay for shoes and clothes just to, like, understand the value of money and joy that comes with getting it and the more appreciation. What are some of the things that you guys have bought or are buying right now that help you, um, like, learn to save money? Um, at the moment, I'm saving up for an iPod Touch. Everybody, like, I feel like in this room has a connection to money and the way they spend it and, like, how it feels when they earn money. So for me, one of my major motivations of, like, getting money is just the um, security of having it and knowing that if I needed it, I have a fallback. Um, what are some of, like, the motivations or, like, reasons why you want money you get money? I just like having money to spend because, like, you never know when you're going to be invited to, like, go to shopping or something for no reason. And it's always nice to not have to, like, ask your parents or a friend or something. Um, my motivation is college because I know it's a few years away, but it's also really expensive. So I'm trying to save up to pay the tuition for college, and that's my motivation. How do you uh, how do you choose between a want and a need for your money? I decide whether it will be sitting in the corner of my room collecting dust, whether I will actually use it, and whether I want to college or whether I want a fluffy shark. When I'm thinking about spending on something, I usually, I don't really do this, but I think I want to try to see like what I'd be doing with it a month later or a year later. I'm gonna be a thousand percent honest with you. I don't make the choice, my parents do. Do you guys think bringing in trusted adults is helpful when like learning how to choose what to do with your money? I think it is very important to bring in adults to these kind of conversations. Um, they can definitely help you make the right choice because they've gone through it too. They have more experience than we do. My parents are helping my younger brothers who are 7 and 11 decide what to do with their money. They help them encourage to save already. So parents are definitely a good resource to fall back on if you're questioning what to do with the money that you've earned. It's time for Random Facts, the part of our episode where we share random stuff about this week's topic. Hey, it's Ashlyn. Here's some random facts about money. Number one, the first coins were minted over 2,500 years ago. Number two, paper money isn't actually made out of paper. Number three, there are more than 1.6 million ATMs around the world. Number four, the highest U.S. bill ever printed was $100,000. Number five, the coin that weighed the most is a silver dollar minted in 2019. Number six, minted means making money. Number seven, did you know that $2 bills are actually considered unlucky? Number eight, most U.S. bills have drug traces on them. Number nine, have you ever seen a ripped dollar bill? As long as there's 50% or more of it there, it's still worth the original amount. I met up with Brody, who's another member of our crew, and we went to a local pawn shop and talked to the owner about his business. We wanted to learn more about how he places value on the items he buys and see what he had to say about spending habits. 
Yeah, I think it was actually Austin who mentioned that many of the things we purchase are used for practical purposes, and so it wouldn't make sense to spend top value for a name brand or something. But many people like the name brand, including me, so there's that. Big Dog Pond has been in business for 20 years, and they have multiple locations. We were so excited that Scott agreed to teach us a little more about the pawn shop business and see what we could learn about money from a business owner like him. So tell me a little bit about your business. Well, I'll tell you what, Brody, uh, nine out of 10 people have never stepped foot in a pawn shop. And it's amazing how few people have ever come in because they're scary because you don't know what to expect. Did you know over 7 million people don't have banking accounts and they need somewhere to go? I had someone come in, they needed $50 to get home. Their boss did not pay them. They lived, they were stuck in Salt Lake, could not get home to his wife. His wife needed him. He left us a tool after 7 p.m. All the banks are closed after 7 p.m. And I was able to loan him the $50. He got home to see his wife and his kids and able to come back the next day. He paid me $50 to $7.50, got his tool back. So for $7.50, we were able to save him. So that's what we're here. We're here for those quick emergencies, those times in just you're, you're in dire need. So if you can go to the traditional banking, always get those loans at traditional banking. But the pawn shops are here for those emergencies or if you're an unbankable person. Okay, so what makes someone unbankable? Uh, someone could be unbankable that's very young and doesn't have credit yet. And if you have too much debt and not enough income, they absolutely will not give you loans. They won't. You're unbankable. You know, Scott, I'm going to be honest. This is my first time in a pawn shop. I'm surprised how much stuff you have in here. Is there anything you won't take? Anything is sellable value. And so basically that's the way we look at it in the pawn shop. If I feel like I can resell it, I'm actually willing to take it from you. As I've been sitting here, I've seen a lot of people come in and shop. Why would people shop at your store? Well, I'll tell you, Brody, that is an interesting question. Why wouldn't you buy it new? So maybe something's $100 over at Walmart and you can pick it up for me for 50. So it's a matter of being frugal and not getting it now. Make sure that you really watch your money. If you watch your money now, I promise you, you're gonna turn your head and you're gonna have a whole bunch of money in your bank account behind you because you lived within your means. And that's why people would would shop with us. I've had a lot of guys, won't they won't buy rings, okay? They won't buy jewelry because, from a pawn shop because What's wrong with it? Well, there's nothing wrong with it because gold and diamonds are billions of years old. Sounds like a really smart way of shopping. Well, I'm telling you, it is a great way to shop. I had a gentleman who spent, he showed me his, uh, the ring that he purchased in the mall, showed me a receipt for $3,000 that he paid for the ring. I had the same ring in my case for 469, but used. <laughs> and it's the same thing. It's yeah. the same diamonds, same gold because it's all billions of years old, but then you didn't go in debt. You didn't pay $10,000 for a ring. You got it for a couple of grand from Scott. Yeah. And I'll tell you, sometimes you need 20 bucks in your gas tank to get to work, to get your paycheck, so you can feed your kids next week. And that's what this is, right? They bring in their product, and then you guys give them a little bit of loan, and yep. then they can come back. Come back and get it. Come back and get it. Well, thanks, Scott, for letting us come and look around and, you know, get dive deeper into business pawn shops and what you do here so yeah I appreciate that i learned a lot well guys thanks for coming in i love teaching uh kids about finances living within your means being frugal guys 
don't spend too much money save 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 and guys you're always welcome back okay okay thanks a lot cool thanks Scott. thank you appreciate it versus the part of our episode where we have two things compete against each other head, head to head, head. Hello, people. I'm Annalise. Yo, what's up, guys? I'm Cash. And today's Versus is spending versus saving. Today, we polled our podcast crew and we asked them, do you save your money or spend it for the most part? Drum roll, please. Some of us were shocked with the results. 81.8181812 of our crew said that they had a savings account and contributed to it in the last month. I was honestly surprised at how many people had, like, savings accounts. People should give more credit to kids for saving their money. Like, I mean, some people give kids a bad rap for money. Yeah, that's true. I think that when you are a kid, all you want to do is spend your money on sweet, sweet food. (laughs) But when you save it, you choose to think about your future as an adult. So don't spend all your money on V-Bucks, kids. Did you know that the average savings account balance was $17,135 in November 2020? However, this number is the national average. Except for a certain guy named Elon Musk, who makes $36.2 billion on the worst days of the week, Monday. Wowee, ugh, that makes me feel poor. Yeah, right, Annalise? That was fun. Now we encourage you to pull your own family and see who spends their money and who saves it. Yeah, and then one day we could be richer than Elon Musk. (laughs) (laughs) I have a confession. Um, I've never been to a pawn shop before. But after listening to Scott talk about all the ways he values items and some of the deals you can get, though, it seems like a smart way to shop. I was also really interested in listening to the circumstances that bring people to his business. Um, Unbankable is a word I hadn't heard of before, so it made me wonder what we could now do to set ourselves up for success with good credit and plenty of savings for a rainy day. Well, we can't do a money episode without talking to a financial planner. Jeff Selge sat down with Austin to talk more about this topic. Jeff is widely recognized as one of the area's leading financial counselors and educators. He has clients in 15 states, but is also a father to three kids under the age of 16. Let's see what he has to say about kids and money. Generally with like the younger population, what do you like to start out with so they can like reach their goals? For young people, it comes down to being able to save money for the future. And in order to do that, you've got to have some money. You've got to have a job, you've got to work, you got to, and then you've got to figure out how to spend less than you make. And that sounds easy, but it's pretty hard for the average person out there. (laughs) Yeah, and then are there any like tips? Because I know a lot of people struggle with like finding money that they can like put aside. I say, hey, look for ways to save money. And that you just have to look through your budget and see where, where are you spending money? How can I cut back and spend a little bit less? My son, Austin, he's turning 16 soon, and he likes to go out and eat with his friends. And they'll spend $15, $20 at dinner. I'm like, dude, I don't even spend that on myself, and I make a lot more than you do. Your son, he's what, about 15, 16? So he's about to be getting into that like car range. What are your thoughts on getting a car for him? I think one of the best things that kids can do today is negotiate. And present reasons why you deserve something. My son 
I haven't yet decided, should I give him a car or should I not? I have an old car. What my son should be doing is coming to me and saying, dad, look, I'm getting straight A's. I'm a good kid. I work hard. Can you help me get a car? I'll pay for the gas or I'll do this or I'll pay for the insurance. You know, negotiate, learn how to negotiate with your parents. Yeah. I think parents are willing to help and some parents will just give you everything, right? Sometimes doing things on your own really helps you grow up, you know, figure out life and how you're going to yeah. operate. Um, I'm wondering when you can really start putting these habits into effect and like how they can grow into something more in the future. Yeah. This is a conversation I have with my 60 year old clients. My 70 year old clients really? is how do you learn how to play and enjoy life, but also save and invest for the future? It's all about finding a balance. If this is my goal, I want to save $300 a month. The other money is fair game, right? That's play money. Yeah. So you don't need to set like super far ahead goals. It's just like little goals that'll get you towards, you know, the ultimate goal, which is like financial security. and Yeah, security, right? exactly. And yeah. start small and see how that fills. Mm -hmm. And when you feel that, it, hey, that's easy, then you up it a little bit. You know, maybe in six months, you up it a little bit. And in the next six months, you up it again. And for the long term, we should be saving 10 to 20% of our income if we can. Just start doing something. Because if you start doing something, that momentum will We'll get you going and you'll get there quicker. Yeah. What do you think is a good age to, you know, start teaching them how they can manage their money? So I would say the younger, the better. Most yeah. kids don't want to save for the future. Yeah. <laughs> My kids always wanted to save for the next Lego set, but not for the future. Um, I think we can try to teach our kids little things, little things. I was at the store, at the grocery store, and my son, I remember he was probably eight to 10 years old, and he said, Dad, I want this, you know, whatever it was, some little toy or candy or something. And I said, I don't have any cash. Mm -hmm. And he said, but just, just use that card thing. You have unlimited money. You just uh -huh. give them this card, and magically, you buy whatever you want. And so I had to then tell him, you don't just magically flash this card and you can spend anything you want. Most adults are still learning, right? Mm -hmm. As adults, we're still learning how to manage money and what to do with it and how to save and how to invest and you know how to spend less. Um, they don't really teach this in school, sadly, and they yeah. should. So my opinion on most things is you should save up, have the money and pay cash for most things, including cars. I save up before I buy. Now, there are some things you, you can't do that, like a house. Yeah especially in today's crazy housing market, a half a million dollars yeah. for a house. And so you have to finance that. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with financing. That can be good. It allows you to pay it off over time. The negative is you're paying interest, right? If you can save up beforehand and then pay for it, that's what you should do. Hi guys, I'm Shiloh. In this episode, we have been talking about money management, why it's important, and how to make purposeful decisions. Purposeful is one of the core values of One Voice Children. As an organization, we strive to be purposeful in our thoughts and actions. Like I said at the start of the episode, I have been in One Voice Children's Choir for three years. My experience being part of the choir has been truly incredible. I get to share my love and talent for music with others, and I get to associate with so many kids who are passionate about some of the same things that I am. I am fortunate to have parents who do so much for me and are able to provide me with the necessities of life and then some. However, for the past two years, I have worked in order to pay for my choir tuition and my private voice lessons on my own. When I decided to earn money for my music lessons and choir tuition, it was a way for me to say thank you to my parents and show to them that I am willing to take responsibility for at least some of my personal development. It also gives my parents one less thing to worry about, so I guess it is one way that I can show my appreciation to them for all they do for my siblings and I. 
I'm 16 and in school full time. There's only so much a kid can do to earn money. My main job is working as a nanny. I help the kids with their schoolwork, clean, organize, and do whatever my boss needs me to do. Sometimes I have to clean up dog poop in the backyard, and it's not that fun. I often forego hanging out with friends in order to earn what I need to pay for the things I want. Taking responsibility for some of my personal expenses hasn't just been a gift to my parents. I have noticed some shifts in my own thinking as well. Even when it feels like a sacrifice to work, I know that I am working in order to pay for something that will help me achieve my goals, and that gives me such a deep sense of pride and of purpose. When I put effort into thinking about the goal of being purposeful, it makes it a lot easier to do the task with a positive attitude. Lastly, I have found that because I have worked to pay for it myself, I value and appreciate choir and my voice lessons even more. The financial advice website, wisebread.com states, kids are constantly being pressured to waste money, advertising, microtransactions in free games, peer pressure, and even hidden product placements on TV are all programming your children to become indiscriminate customers. This is why you must teach your children the value of money from an early age. You may already give your kids an allowance in exchange for them doing chores, but why stop there? You should also consider making them pay for some of your parenting expenses. Making kids pay for certain items will instill in them a stronger sense of financial responsibility and help prepare them for financial adulthood. The website continues with a list of 19 things that parents could consider having their kids pay for. This list includes items like candy or sweets, personal entertainment, college, school yearbooks, and even encourages parents to guide their children in making their own charitable donations. As I stated before, personally paying for my tuition has also helped me become more purposeful in how I spend my money. After I pay for my expenses, I usually put any leftover money towards my next month's tuition or my next voice lesson. I have also learned that if I have extra, it is okay for me to buy myself a treat or use it to get a gift for a family member or friend. I am continuing to learn how to make sure that I think about how important something is to me before I spend money, and that has really helped me value what I have, my experiences, and find joy in working in order to fuel my dreams. That should do it for this episode. I know money management can be intimidating, but I learned ways to save and smarter ways to spend. What did you guys learn? I feel like I definitely look at money in a different way. I am <laughs> um, glad that there are lots of ways to get it right and also that we have lots of time to choose our financial paths. Money is a lot of responsibility. And even as kids, we can learn how to handle finances in a way that prepares us for the future. All right, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Okay, thanks, bye. See ya. Bye. Finding Our Voice is a production of One Voice Children. Learn more at onevoicechildren.org.